I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us a theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Illennials Podcast. I am Smith. I'm Seth. Another drought this week, Seth. Yeah. It's getting long. The the crops are dying. The uh, Nobody's happy anymore. Nobody's singing. I feel like California over here, these fucking droughts. Yeah. Suck it, California. That wasn't exactly the take attack that I was taking, but sure, nope. we'll go that's with that. The, that's the new motive. Fuck California. Fuck California. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna say that. Okay. Yeah. I Those think that coastal most of their, elites. I think most of their drought problems are because of pistachios, right? Is that what I'm? Is that what I remember seeing? Because they eat too many pistachios. Pistachio farms take up a lot of water, and I think that we we refuse to import pistachios from Iran, so California instead takes up the slack on pistachio farming. That explains why pistachios are so expensive. Yeah. Um, and also, so wait a minute, because they use so much water, it rains less? No, when you, they're using it what is rained, is the thing. Like, oh, it's, been, okay. it's been diverted to the statue farms. Okay, gotcha. I thought the drought was it not raining enough. It's that, that's that's, that's two, two part problem. You know, it's not raining okay. enough. The, the water is being rained, it's being used okay. for statues. So this is the two body problem we're having in America, where the the rain and the amount of water used for pistachios are. Causing that wildfires. Not at even close to the plot of that book. But Well, I haven't read sure. it, so I can say anything. I read the first uh, 100 pages of the book, and I concluded that it was anti-Chinese propaganda, and I closed it and refused to read the rest of it. So, okay, it was anti-Chinese propaganda. Yeah. That's why they hate it so much in China. I wouldn't say they hate it, it's just that it's more popular in America than it is in China. Didn't they, like... Try to poison the author of that book or something? Ah, yeah, small things, though. Okay, it sounds like they don't like it to me. <laughs> What's up poisoning amongst friends? Mm. You know? Okay, well, the more you know. Didn't some, didn't some guy here kill John Lennon because the catcher of the rod told him to? I mean, didn't somebody try to shoot the president to get fucking, uh, what's her name? From, from Taxi Driver. Yep. Seth, yep. come on. Julianne Moore? Is that who played that character? <laughs> no. No, not even close. Jodie Foster? Jodie Foster, that's her there name. There you go. I don't know, I thought Julianne Moore, but yeah. Anyways, speaking yeah. of overseas shit, uh, Afghanistan, how about that? It is a situation, man. <laughs> the Taliban, the only government in the world that uh, took COVID seriously, mm-hmm. has uh, run amok in Afghanistan. And the Afghanistan's president was just like, I'm out. Yeah. Later. Our puppet, yeah, left. Yeah. I just want to say the Illinials podcast fully supports the Taliban in their fight against American imperialism. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to say fully supports the Taliban. <laughs> um, no, but it's, it's, it's a situation where we were there for 20 goddamn years, and there, we, we could, not, could not nation build enough to 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 for the last what has it been like two weeks like it hasn't even been a month yet yeah there as soon as they realize because like you know the u.s is going to pull out at the end of the month and the taliban is just like all right they're moving out we're new new landlords are in town we're going in yeah and i saw somebody say that like oh but america hasn't lost a troop there since like what was it, like march 2020 and i'm like i think that was the exact month when trump said we were we were going to no pull out of afghanistan so, like, yeah, clearly it would stop killing us at that point if we're going to leave. Like, I don't... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's always weirder to look back um, and realize that 
both of us have spent more more of our lives have been during the the quote unquote war on terror than there were before. <laughs> it's just very I, weird to think about that. I know people who were born after it happened, after yeah, it began, too. I should say. Yeah. Who ha- don't know a world where America wasn't occupying yeah. Afghanistan. They lived a hundred percent of their life with the American fighting, with America fighting a non-war. I don't even understand. And we're leaving, and now everybody's got a fucking opinion. Everybody's yeah. mad. So you saw the video, right? Of the people in the, at the airport, what happened there? No. You did not see this. Wow, no. it's been all I over, don't all over. see any videos. Basically, there was an airplane taken off from the, the airport in Kabul, and people were clinging to the, 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 the landing gear as it took off, and they They fell, were Tom Cruising. A lot of people died. It's a wow. very serious thing. They, they fell from a very intense height and died on the wow. pavement. And then our military also killed three civilians, um, thinking they were apparently uh, bad guys or some some description. It's rough. And, dude, this is like the biggest embarrassment for Joe Biden of his presidency so far, because he said that we would not see, we would not see people being airlifted off the top of the embassy in, in Kabul. And what do we see? Chinooks flying yep. in again. Yep. He was like, this isn't even going to be a headline. Don't worry about it. I've got this Afghanistan thing on lock. You know me, Joe Biden, foreign relations expert. I'm great at being president. Don't worry about it. And now look where we are. If it wasn't so grim, you could put the Arrested Development music over that as it happens. Yeah, and it would be, for sure. It would be hilarious, actually. Um, and also, we are delaying and, and rejecting flights of Afghani civilians who helped out America over there to come to America in favor of American citizens, which makes a certain kind of sense. But at the same time, we're not going to take those people in. They're going to stay behind and get killed. Like, yeah. Happened in South Vietnam. It'll happen here, too. Like, that's the story of, of, of the world when it comes to America. You help us out, we occupy your country, we will abandon you. Yeah, it's all a game. Like, what's that guy, the TV guy, Chuck Lorre? He has that show with the, uh, the Afghani interpreter coming over to meet his best buddy from the military. Yeah. Renewed for a second season now. Yeah. Chuck Lorre or Lore or whatever, he just has a show about everything on television. Yeah. But that show is grim now, isn't it, when you think about what's going on? like Yeah. Woof. That's because that's not what's happening. And even, dude, what was crazy is today, President fucking Macron in France was like, we are going to lock down the EU against any Afghani civilians trying to, to flee here. And I'm like, do you hear yourself, bro? Yeah, what are you, what are you smoking, man? <laughs> like, like, what the bad guys say. Right, I don't understand. It's so weird. And, you know, of course, the Taliban are uh, terrible and uh, pretty bad. But they came to power because we gave them money and training to fight the Soviets. And now they're our problem (laughs) again. 20 years. Yep. (laughs) It's like when the the king raises a son and that son kills him. Yeah. That is exactly what it's like. That is true. That is true. And it's just, it's it's so predictable. And here's the thing. You know me. I hate to give Joe Biden credit for anything. Yeah, but he we just actually, gave him no credit. Yes. Right. But he is, he is actually getting the troops out of Afghanistan. That is that is a good thing. And you can say it was bungled. You can say it was bad. I don't give a shit, okay? We're getting them out. We're leaving that part of the world. We're, we're pulling out, finally. And the puppet empire left behind with the Blackwater mercenaries and shit is also falling apart. So... Afghan people will be responsible for the future of Afghanistan after we fuck it all up. Sorry, guys. Yeah, kind of our bad, but no. hey, it's all yours now. I saw some guy on Twitter named Corey Robin, real big brain man, who said that 90% of Americans supported invading uh, Afghanistan in 2001, and somehow all 10% who didn't are on Twitter. And people were like, you do realize that most Twitter users were 11 when this poll was taken, right? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I yeah, just don't most, most Twitter users are just way out of that demographic, my man. Yeah. 
I was what thirteen when when the invasion happened. I didn't have an opinion. Of, <laughs> I didn't really know what the fuck was happening. I was a child. So, and people are just trying to point. So trying to point back to the past and say, oh, but in the past we believe this, and it's like, yeah, that was the past. We believed a lot of things in the past. Like the fact that maybe the sun revolved around the earth or that disease was caused by bad air. You know, it's like yeah. things change. <laughs> so here we are, 20 years later, Seth. Yeah, now that we're leaving Afghanistan, do we finally get to free the Dixie Chicks? <laughs> do we get to let them out of prison finally? That should have been a Joe Biden campaign promise. I will bring back the Dixie Chicks. Yes, they will be ch- a chart-topping artist. I promise. <laughs> We're going to government fund, fund the sh- Dixie Chicks to return. Yeah. And we will publicly execute Travis Tritt. <laughs> Anyone who streams their new album will get $10 in their bank account this month. All you do is stream it one time, and we'll give you yep. 10 free U.S. dollars. Put it in the infrastructure bill. Why not? <laughs> yeah, they're just throwing anything in that. Yeah, it's good for it's good for America. If if Trump had the balls, he would have put it in the uh, the COVID relief bill. What the the Daisy Chicks relief? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you get sixteen hundred dollars, but you get sixteen hundred and ten if you listen to the Daisy Chicks new album. <laughs> I feel like with Trump's anti sort of like. Uh, Afghanistan and Iraq war stance, he could be the guy to bring back the chicks. He could do it, I think. I don't know. I just don't I don't know if he has that that kind of platform. Did you see his uh his response or his his comment today about what's happening in uh, Afghanistan, by the way? No. Oh my god. Vamp for a second while I find it. It was so funny. Well Donald Trump was the president of the United States of America between twenty sixteen and twenty twenty. He is, he's gone down as one of the best presidents we've ever had. Sounds accurate. <laughs> very effective at his job, very effective at foreign relations, um, domestic relations, uh, PR. He always had a solid PR. One voice of his PR was always there throughout the entire presidency. It wasn't some kind of revolving door. Um, okay, here we go. Statement okay. by Donald J. Trump, 45th president of the United States of America. Can anyone even imagine taking out our military before evacuating civilians and others who, who have been good to our country, capital C, who should be allowed to seek refuge? In addition, these people left top flight and highly sophisticated equipment. Who can believe such incompetence? Under my administration, all civilians and equipment would have been removed. Wow. He's talking about Afghanistan like a sharper image. <laughs> Like the mall store closed yeah, down. Exactly. It's like they have they have a grill that is also a Wi-Fi router. We need <laughs> to get that out of Afghanistan. I need this. Um, that's hilarious. Considering how ineffective he was at foreign relations as president, then now he now he can just say anything. Now he goes, oh yeah, if I was president, I would have saved everybody in the world. In fact, if I, if I was president, um, everyone would be happy all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you can just say that now. If I was president, you'd be having an orgasm right now. Exactly. Can you can you prove me wrong? Can you prove me wrong? <laughs> you will be getting top flight dome from a sex robot right at this moment. Exactly. That we pay for. What if that was the um, next stimulus package? What if it was like you can either get sixteen hundred dollars, sixteen hundred and ten children Dixie chicks, or a sex robot. Or a sex robot and ten children and Dixie chicks. Um, that could have been the next stimulus coming out. There you go. There you go. The, uh, the, the, the communist thing will be good. Everybody got all those things. No problem. You get the money, the chicks album and the sex robot all, and the $10 all, uh, just included. No Do you problem. think we've said Ditsy chicks more in this episode than anyone said in the past five years? I'm going to, after this podcast, I'm going to Google to see if there's a Ditsy chicks podcast because there might be one. There could be. They should. They should have one where they just talk shit about America. That'd be great. I should say that me and Marcus actually said, I'm, "I'm sorry to tell you this, we're, we're cutting oh, no. our next project. Oh no, we're be starting a, a podcast called about uh, erotic history, and we're going to really just dive deep on uh, eroticism throughout history." And you don't have you don't have a name locked and loaded. I was ready for uh, a name. There, no, we're still we're still workshopping the name. Wow. Okay. 
man. I, I mean, I erotic was erotic history is pretty strong, if you ask me. No one would ever listen to that. Why wouldn't they? It had to be named name something like, you know, um, I don't have a name. It had to be something like you Dick's, have, so you, don't. you know, like Dick Through Time or something. Something like, Dick something that's like, it's not great, I'm going to say. No. Um, so, but yeah. Hey, Seth, how about this? Ooga Booba. Like cavemen? I would have no idea what that podcast was about when I clicked on it. It's got Booba in the name. You know what you got to have a name that everyone's going to understand. Like, Illennials. They're like, obviously, yeah. this is a podcast about millennials, and it's going to be probably about hip-hop, because it has the word ill in it. And they'd be completely right. You know? That's what you need. Wait a minute. Hold on, Seth. The name is Ooga Booba, and the cover okay. image is one of those thick fertility idols from like prehistory mm-hmm. you know and the balls are you and marcus <laughs> wait what balls are on a fertility idol i mean i imagine some of them have penises they should have balls as well right oh uh, i'm thinking of a woman fertility idol but you're right so there's oh. an opportunity here that's true well, if it's the if it's the boob if there's boobs then you marcus can be the boobs our faces right there me and yeah, him. Boom. the nipples can be your mouths there we go boom this isn't horrifying at all exactly new podcast And I will gladly not be on that one. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to explore the history of erotica with us, Seth? I'm good. You don't want to look look at sex through the ages? There's a name. Ooh, now we're talking. Sex of ages, maybe? Yeah, we'll workshop it. But everybody, like I said, has an opinion on Afghanistan right now. Yeah. And they want to talk about, oh, what about the women? The women are going to be oppressed by the Taliban again. It's like, were they doing great under America? It turns out that as of 2020, Afghanistan ranked 166 out of 177 countries on how women are treated. So they only really fall one spot, to be honest. And I don't really know... What's the criteria? That's a great question, Seth. I would love to know what the criteria is. It's by Mike Duncan, who's a guy I trust. I mean, I assume the first is just like, do they have the right to vote? Boom. Yeah. There's there's a one point you get for that. That's true. Second, can they drive? Boom. Another point. Um, and then from there, it gets very granular, I'm sure. Yeah. That's what true. is their average income? You know, do they have, you know, enough social mobility? But yeah, lot, I'm sure it gets very granular, but that is is very, <laughs> it's not high on the list. I'll say oh that. My God. It reminds me, I saw that actress, Jamila Jamil, I think her name is, mm-hmm. going off about how, like, we should encourage women to get rich because mm-hmm. women will be better billionaires than men or something. Or she's like, I'm a socialist, sure. Mm-hmm. She's, but she said that men have to give their power first. And I'm like... How can I put this? There is no giving up power in in the revolution. It is seizing it and taking it from the ruling class and creating a new ruling class of the, of the working of the working people, the yeah. proletariat. We're not we're not looking for rich men to give up their power. We're trying to take it away from them. You mm-hmm. know. So it's just like she's trying to talk about how like oh she employs people for her nonprofit and that's good because she can meet a woman's needs better. And I'm just like. There are still so many rich, powerful capitalist women who do not give a single shit about women's rights whatsoever. That is true. That is true. And I do believe there's there's definitely two sides to the the socialist label. Um, I've kind of started to learn this. And uh, how do I put it without making anybody sound stupid? I would say there are people who fundamentally understand socialism like we're talking about here where it's like you know it's not let's slowly get there it's you have to seize power you have to make sure everyone's taken care of there can't be an upper class that's just not how socialism works there's no class system at all um and then there are socialists who i put in quotes because i think they just they describe themselves as like pragmatic socialists 
They're like, yes, we believe everyone should be equal, and we believe that, you know, oh, no, Jeff Bezos has too much money. We agree with you. But also, I can't change the system, so we might as well work within it for now. And I'm like, hey, that's a way to think about it, but the more people who think that way, the more we're never even going to want to change the system. So, I mean, you can be as pragmatic as you want, but at the end of the day, someone's going to have to seize power at some point because we can't just keep saying, oh, well, I can't do anything about it. I can't do anything about it. When enough people say that, you got enough people to do something about it. Um, yeah. But then you just realize at the end of the day, they don't want to. What's really funny says is the people you're describing uh, are revisionists, as we call them. Mm-hmm. They are people who were like, oh, yeah, Marx was great and all that, but we're not going to fight a revolution. We're going we're gonna to slowly and deliberately we're going to vote yeah. our way into exactly. power here. And 30, 40 years from now... We're going to live in a utopia because we're just going to do it slowly over time because that has always worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had the luxury back then of the planet not being on fire and getting hotter all the time. Yeah. That's what I keep saying. This is That's the funniest thing about all of our squabbles, whether they be social or economic or anything, is that the freaking environment doesn't care about it. The environment will kill us whether we like it or not. Yeah. You know? Um, something I don't think I don't like to think about it very often because you know uh, we truly don't try to stop it at all. But it's like it's like I said, and obviously it was the thing I'm about to reference fumbled it entirely. But it's like Game of Thrones. It's like these people are all worried about who's going to be king, but then there's these freaking White Walkers who don't give a shit about any of that, and are just made of ice and can freeze the whole world if they want to. And you're right. still going to be worried about who's going to be king. Um. And, of course, the show made it really stupid. But in reality, that's kind of what the environment's doing. It's just like, yeah. okay, vote all you want. I'm, at, I'm knocking at your door. Yeah, let's not forget here that the environment isn't just killing us randomly. We made it this way. You know, yeah. we, we influenced it. We're the fever. And even, and even if, and my whole argument is, even if climate change was not man-made, which it is, even if it wasn't, we, would, we should still be trying to do something to stop it because we like it at this particular temperature range and this is not going to be good for us. Yeah. We should be doing anything we can to stop it. Um, but people don't understand that, I guess. They're just rearranging deck, tar- deck, deck chairs on the Titanic at this point. Yeah. You know? I always love to think back to that clip where Ben Shapiro is just like, you think people on the coast won't just sell their houses and move inland? <laughs> They're like... Who are they going to sell their houses to, you idiot? Yeah. It's like people have people just have that ideology. Like, oh, eventually places like Florida and Georgia will be underwater. Oh, they'll just move somewhere else. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. How's that going to affect the populations of those places? Economically, how are we going to fix the businesses? There? I mean, there are nuclear power plants in those places. There are huge businesses that, you know, produce things that are used globally. We're not thinking about that at all. We're just like, oh yeah, let us move move somewhere else. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, good plan. I'm gonna stick to that one. I mean, I keep telling people this, and that no one ever has an answer for me. Is there are a billion and a half people in Southeast Asia, in, in yeah. India and and Indonesia and Micronesia, places like that. Those places are. Falling underwater, first of all, which is a problem, mm-hmm. but also the temperatures there are going to be the first in the, in, in the world to rise to the temperature at which human bodies can no longer create sweat and will die. And what are you going to do with a billion and a half people? Where are they going to go? What happens? And nobody has an answer for that question because it's all grim. Yep. That's one of those that you ask, and then they're like, well, here's the thing about... <laughs> tax evasion and they just say they say something completely different they're just like okay let me get as far away from this as possible Uh tonight your musical guest is you too you know and then you just leave yeah leave a person-shaped cloud where they were because no one wants to contemplate the idea of what we're gonna do a billion and a half refugees in like 30 years yeah considering nowhere else on earth has that many people (laughs) sooner than you fucking think is when it's coming and i'm like what are you going to do, man? Put them in fucking Siberia? You know, resettle? Because by, by that time, Siberia be pretty fucking nice real estate, to be honest. Exactly. Siberia will be one of the nicest places in the world. <laughs> like, it and those frozen shitholes, like those taigas up in Canada are going to be prime yeah. real estate in about 30 exactly. years. Exactly. All those, 
retired people who moved to Florida, they're going to be moving to Siberia instead. They're like, this is the new place. You know what's crazy about Florida, by the way? It's not only are the sea levels rising, but the whole goddamn state is built off of, of limestone that dissolves like cotton candy in seawater. And the, not only is it being swallowed up, it's also sinking at the same time. Yeah. I mean, that whole freaking apartment complex fell in Miami, and we mm. nobody cares. Yeah. Um, and that's just going to, stuff like that is going to keep happening <laughs> as the as the um, ecology there gets worse and worse. I saw a headline that said, like, Disney needs coronavirus to be over. It was a picture of Magic Kingdom or whatever. And I was like, Disney has much bigger problems than coronavirus. Yeah, exactly. Disney's two big locations in America are both along the coast. Okay. Yeah. You got bigger problems. Also, they don't have any problems at all because they're Disney and they have a billion fucking dollars. Who gives a shit? That um, but yeah, that is just... And that is like the craziest thing to be worried about. Mm. It's like Disney needs this. What You know who needs this? People who are struggling. You know, single parents with three kids who have three jobs. Th- those are people who need some relief. Right, yeah, I don't care what's going on. I don't give a shit about Disney or Bob Iger or any of those motherfuckers. Especially their parks. Are their parks even still a big moneymaker for them? They they definitely are. I mean, they're they're booked solid all the time. And they actually, I think they just for the first time in like two years turned a profit because of COVID and all that. Um, But yeah, they, they are still remarkably very, very popular. Um did you see that Disney is fucking over the writers of their comic books for Marvel? Oh, yeah. Comic book writers whose works get turned into these billion-dollar movies that everyone has to flock to see mm-hmm. get paid basically shit. Like, their offer is, like, $5,000 or an illustrious credit, like a, a, like a, a contributor credit or something on one of the movies... And you can, like, go to the premiere. That's, like, the way you get paid. Okay, yeah. I want to get the guy's name right, because this is super important to me. So we all know Rocket Raccoon. We like him. Bradley Cooper's yep. voices, this little fucking space rodent. Should be H. Sean Benjamin, but sure. His, the guy who created him, one of the co-creators of, of Rocket Raccoon, Bill Mantlo, um, said that he is $100,000 in debt and started a GoFundMe for his brother. His brother has, I think, leukemia or... Uh, no, a closed head traumatic brain injury, okay? Um, or no, sorry, Bill Mantlo is the one that had an accident and busted his fucking brain 27 years ago, and he's super in debt, and his brother started a GoFundMe for him to, to, to support him, because he didn't see a fucking dime for the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Didn't see a, a single cent for it. Yep. How fucked up is that? And this is this is along the lines of how Disney wants to run their companies. They did the same thing with the Star Wars novels. Um, they basically found a I mean, with the Star Wars novels, they literally found a way to be like, you don't have any rights to this anymore, and there's nothing you can do about it. They they were just like, we bought all this stuff, and since we bought it and we didn't buy, we didn't pay to agree to pay you. We don't have to pay you anymore. And that's just the weirdest thing that they get away with it. And this is the same. It's basically the same principle. It's just like we are going to make a bunch of money and we're going to anything like we get the more people buy the thing you made, the more clout we get, the more our stock goes up and you get nothing in return. I mean, what? What? What if you went to Disney and you were like, I'm going to give you $5,000 and I'm going to make my own Little Mermaid movie. Then you're like, no, you can't do that. Fuck you. You have to pay us way more. I'm like, yeah, because that's how much stuff, that's what it costs. You can't just, but they can. They just get away with it all they want. There's nothing you can do about it. And these movies, these fucking Guardians and the fucking Avengers movies, they made who knows how many billions of dollars, right? And they couldn't even break off a hundred grand for this guy's medical care. Yeah. The co-creator of, of one of the most popular characters in the whole goddamn thing. Yeah. And can you, I mean, honestly, can you even imagine how insulting that would be? Like, what if they, like, what if they went to the GoFundMe and like, oh, we'll just fund it completely. I'm like, I'll be like, cool. But like, you could have prevented this. Yeah. Like this, this medical, I mean, not the accident, but the medical cost being there in the first place. And 
Because that, that right there is like an example of something I feel like they'll start doing. I feel like they'll start being like, oh, guess what? One of these guys who we fucked over for, you know, 30 years, we're going we're gonna to buy a, a new house or a new car. And they'll think that's just going to wipe the problem away yeah. in the public eye. When in reality, it's like, no, what you owe this person is not only financial. It's much more than that. And you'll never be able to repay it. So mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. It is just incredibly stupid to me that they can get away with it. The, the thing with the Star Wars novels makes even less sense to me. I don't know how they did that legal jujitsu. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, to me, this is, again, this is a labor rights issue. Because creative yep. work is work. It's labor. Someone someone worked to make it. It was their labor that created this character, Rocket Raccoon. Bill Matlow did it with his fucking brain. It's the same as if you made something in a factory, you know? Yep. And they took it and they made a shitload of money off of his fucking ideas and his the way he, he thought, and he doesn't see shit for it. And it's the exact same for everybody. Creatives, unless you're at the very top, unless you're like fucking Quentin Tarantino or someone of that, that caliber, you know, your Spielberg or whatever, you get fucked. You do not get the proper compensation for the amount of work you put into something, you know? And it's, that's just, it sucks that that's how it is because it's like, it's like creative work is work and it should be compensated fairly and people just don't see it. like how many how many of these like rappers and whatnot are secretly not rich they rent all their stuff or the studio rents it for them to make them seem like they have a bunch of money but really they don't see shit because the contracts they signed yeah and it's i mean it's a lot to go with contracts and there's also there's the thing is there's so many people involved in making literally anything whether it be music mm-hmm. movies hell even books have you know sometimes five six editors and all these things, um, artists, artists, and like nothing is like you can't get to the level. Well, you can, but under capitalism, you can't get to the level where everyone is paid fairly. It goes back to what we talked about last week about how how movies get made and like socialism and communism and stuff. And it's it's just like yeah, the the reason that people have this idea that like oh I wouldn't work on somebody else's movie is because you have the the idea that. The person who's the director or, you know, the writer or the actor, they're going to get more credit than you financially. Like, that's what makes the, the it's so alluring. Like, if being a director was just, if you got paid just as much as the best boy to be the director, it wouldn't be the same level. Even if you had all the creative control, it's just not the same thing. And I think that if we get rid of that idea and pay everyone fairly, or, you know, once again, not, not even need a, you know, profit incentive in the first place then you kind of get rid of a lot of that stuff. But with a company like like Disney and all these big companies, that's just not how they want to operate. They take yeah. they take creativity, they boil it down into we're going to make X amount of dollars, and then they make X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And I mean, like you can argue whether or not, you know, <clears throat> actors deserve millions of dollars for for their work or whatever. That that's that's what the the, the society in t- in general has decided. Like sports stars, you know, we're gonna pay NBA players millions of dollars to try and play basketball, and that's what we decided is is worth it, right? Because think about it, the movies are different, I guess. Actors are kind of different, but for a sports a sports a sports player, you are putting your body on the line, and you are literally taking years off your life basically by doing yeah. this because you are breaking yourself down to do this thing and it's like so we 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 you set a high price on it and think about how many guys never make it to that level where they're making millions of dollars how many guys get ground up in that process and never yeah, exactly. the other end? i mean for yeah. every kobe bryant how many guys just ne- whose names you'll never even fucking know exactly you got to think about how many like let's just let's just talk about america think about how many high schools there are think about how many colleges there are and think about how many professional sports teams there are. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, it gets more and more granular. I mean, it. yeah, it's it's such a small chance. And the reason I don't have any problem with the amount of money sports players make is because sports players, to me, are just... I mean, some of them are rich white people themselves, but they're just kind of like, you know, playing into the ego of just these rich white guys. They're just like, they're just like, Oh yeah, you get, you're going to pay me $260 million 
Hi, joke's on you. I just have all this money now because you want your team to look good. And the funniest thing is, it's like, what, 26 teams in the NBA? Only one of them can win a championship? And all of them are making millions of dollars? Hey, that that's a that's a hoodwink if I if I if I say if I say so myself. I mean, clearly we should we should have a society where, you know, a LeBron James is not a, not a millionaire. He, he actually LeBron James is officially a billionaire. Really? <laughs> we we should have a society where, where people like LeBron James played the game because they wanted to play the game. Yeah. Because they were fucking good at it, which he is. I mean, and think yeah. about how many people didn't make it to his level. They, didn't have, they, they did not have the, the luck he did to get there. Because, you know, sometimes it's just luck. Sometimes you be the right place, the right time, you play the right game, you get to know the right person, yeah. and you get picked up. And That's you, what I'm thinking about. And you get the resources to get big. Yeah, this weekend I went on a little vacation to, like, this mountain town in North Carolina. And I was sitting there in this mountain town, and we had talked to some people there. And I was just like, I wonder how many people in this mountain town might have the natural ability to be the best surfer in the world but will never ever learn that because they're right. never going to go to a beach consistently yeah i'm just like how many people might have like an incredible talent and never even get activated because their their situation just doesn't allow for it yeah i've been i've been writing a lot recently and and learning about the, the business of writing a little bit and i'm thinking to myself how many people had incredibly good books they'd written but they never sold them because the market wasn't right at the time. The people people apparently weren't buying what they were selling. How many yep. books never got published that would have been great additions to the canon that just got overlooked because everyone passed on it, you know? Yeah. And like, and like Dune almost had to happen to it. Exactly. Dune had to get published by a, like a, a tool company. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. They were just like, oh, this book sounds kind of cool. We'll start publishing books out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, especially with like we've we've both kind of done some some deep dive on publishing lately, and that is even crazier to me because like I understand the idea that like you can't read every book, but the fact that like the people who are like editors and like book pickers for publishing companies, they I mean first of all you get thousands of submissions every month for like oh I have a book I've written, and you have to read that book for like five minutes. Uh, you at the throughout a day you read a book for like five to ten minutes, like thirty if it's like actually going to get published and you have to decide right then okay this book can get published or it can't and that is like that's not easy i mean i I mean it's not easy at all and like you said sometimes you know the market or the yeah the the um, business is so market driven they're just like oh no one's buying pirate erotica right now i mean they always are but let's just say they're not buying pirate erotica right now we can't publish this and that might have been the best pirate erotica book ever written and the author would have just quit writing and gone to fucking business school and just given yeah. up forever because it didn't get published and that's crazy yeah for sure oh man you want to brain fuck yourself sometime oh you're talking about uh how many high schools there are in america all right think about how many high schools there are okay yep. and how, think about average number of students let's say 200 students per, per high school okay and let's say that on thursday just coincidentally, every high school in America is serving chicken nuggets. Uh-huh. And let's say six nuggets per student. How many fucking chickens did we have to kill to get that many nuggets to supply one meal's worth for every high school in America? Yeah. It's a mind-boggling number. I, I have to imagine that it is. You know, I think, think about, about how, all the time. What's that? I think about cars. Yeah. I think about how many cars are just in the relatively small city I live in mm-hmm. and how many are in the big cities that are close to me and how many are in the big cities that are close to them and how many of those cities there are in America. And I'm just like, we are wasting so many natural resources on cars. Oh dude. I saw a video recently of, I can't remember what kind of car it was. I fucking hate myself for knowing this. It was outside of a car factory and they, it's like they're all parked in the parking lot and the camera starts to pan and it just keeps panning. And as far, as far as the eye can see is all these cars parked out here. I mean, just must have been thousands upon thousands of them. And it turns out that not a single one of them could go anywhere. Because logistics is so fucked up, they're missing vital parts. They're not com- complete yet. So they're sitting there in these parking lots waiting to be completed for parts that might get here weeks or months from now. And for the moment, the factory, though, is still making unfinished cars and rolling out here in this parking lot leaving them there. What a fucking waste! Yeah, 
And that's how it was. I mean, there was a time not too long ago when the, the military was like, please stop making tanks. We don't need nearly as many tanks as you think we do. Yeah. But then but then the whole thing is the company is like, oh, no, we have to keep making them because the politician in the, in the state promised us this much money, and that's how he got elected. And if we don't make that stuff, then we don't – then he doesn't get elected again, and we want him to get elected again. So we're going right. to keep making tanks. I recently, this, this Saturday, I binged all four of the Rebuild, Rebuild Evangelion movies, and – there's a lot of fucking tanks in those movies that just are sitting there destroyed after the after the events of the films happen. And now I know where they came from. They came from these yeah, fucking they came factories. From that, that plant in Alabama, probably. Just everywhere. Just tons and tons of so many tanks and helicopters and ships just get fucking murked. And it's like every time a tank blows up in, the, in those movies, I'm just like, how many millions of dollars were spent to put that tank right there? You know, how, the people inside of it, how much it take to train them and to feed them and supply them and get them here. Like, there were years of their lives that were lived. They were children one day, and now they were grown up running a tank, and a fucking alien stomps on them and kills all of them. It's like, the spectacle, I guess, of these kind of things, you lose the sense of scale uh, in a way. Things become cheap, and uh, it's hard to really fathom how, uh, how many... Dollars and man hours were put in, or person hours, sorry, were put into making these things that are now just fucking gone forever. Yeah, you know. And uh, I, know, I know we're talking about a fictional thing here, but in real life, think about how many tanks we have. Like you're talking about making new ones. What happens to the old ones? They're not still using them. They park them somewhere and they just stay there. Yep. How much fucking steel and titanium and plastic and whatever is just be, just sitting there on a lot somewhere, not being used? It's crazy. It's honestly crazy. I think about it. <clears throat> I think about plastic. It's like mm-hmm. we use so much. I mean, we can talk. We can honestly talk about this all day. Just random things that you just look at and you're like, I, when I think about it, I look go to a grocery store and I'm like, there's so much plastic. Is there that much plastic in the world? Like, how is there even that enough plastic for this one grocery store to exist? And I don't know. It's just crazy It's mind-boggling. Yeah. And there's just so much we could do to uh, not need half the stuff that we use. Um, mm-hmm. But we just don't want to do it because of the, uh, the incentive of profit. Here's my question, Seth. Mm-hmm. A lot, you see nowadays, a lot of people talking about how we got to transition away from eating the traditional kinds of meat. we got to start looking to, to bugs and stuff like that. And i got of no course. problem with eating bugs. Sure, that's fine. Yeah. I'm, no problem. However, I know the movie Snowpiercer has those, like, jelly bars made out of roaches or whatever. I don't want that. Just serve me the bug, please. I don't I don't want to... Not this, this gelatin stuff. Just give me the bug. I think if I'm on the go, I want the bar. But right. if I'm eating at home, I'll tuck a fork and knife to a cockroach for sure. Well, I'm talking about, give me a little baggie of little fried cockroaches I can just pop in my mouth. And, and, and that's, okay. that's my on-the-go version. That might be on-the-go as well, but it just depends. Because you have to think about the logistics of you have the baggie, you got to open it up, you got to put your hand in, you got to pull it out, you got to eat. The bar, you open the bar, and then as soon as you start moving, all you got to do is move one hand back and forth to the bar. That's true. So that's the thing. But yeah, I do. I understand your thing. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm out for a, a nice evening... Uh, at a restaurant, I want my I want my bugs on my plate with a little drizzle of balsamic vinegar on them. Okay, I don't yep. want a bar. Come on. That's right. But anyways, people were talking about how uh, there's this sort of like reaction to that from the left too, being like, "Hey, fuck you," you know? Yeah. Like, you're gonna make us eat bugs while the rich keep eating steaks and shit in their fucking mansions and all this. What the fuck's going on here? And I have a thought on this, which is that first of all, we probably we probably should be transitioning away from meat as a source of protein. We probably should be trying to get veg- veg- vegetarian up in here. It's just the mm-hmm. simple, the fact of it. Animals are hard. If you've ever been to a pig farm and you've seen the, the ecological devastation left behind by, by a hog farm, it ain't pretty. So, yeah. but what I'm thinking though is that think about how much meat, you know, supermarkets, I think about how much meat is sitting on those shelves that is not going to go into someone's stomach. It's going to get thrown into a garbage bin because no one bought it in time. Even when it gets marked down and shit like that, it's just no one can buy it. And think about how much meat we could save, money, time, logistically, animal suffering we could cut, cut down on if there was no profit motive. If we just made the meat we needed and sent it to people in the rations they needed to survive. Not exactly. survive, prosper, let's say. We, 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 could, we could aim a little higher, right? 
We could do Imagine that. Imagine how many people wouldn't be homeless if we didn't, you know, think that property needed to have some kind of, you know, inherent value. And people who wouldn't go hungry if we didn't, like you said, throw out the meat. Not even from, from fucking grocery stores, from restaurants, yeah. from fucking anything that serves fresh food. And you, they throw it away. And you're like, why do you do that? It's like, oh, well, no one bought it. I'm like, well, then fucking give it away. Yeah. Do you really think that, like... Like, their, their whole, like, doomsday scenario is that everyone will just stop buying food and go out and just wait for it to be thrown away and eat it there. It's like, that's not how people think. Right. I'm not going to, I have to, if I'm, if I'm hungry during the day, I'm not going to wait till 12 p.m. when you throw out the food to go out there and get it. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'll come during the day and pay you for the food. But the people who can't pay you for the food, I'll, I think they should get the food that you can't sell. Like, that's just fair. Think about the Grapes of Wrath and that scene where they yeah. pour kerosene on top of the, the oranges to keep the poor from getting them. Yeah. Going bad, unsellable oranges that people could have eaten, they ruined them instead. Because yeah. if you start giving people food, they'll start asking, why weren't we doing this the entire time? Yeah. And also, to, to counterpoint my own point, food should just be free anyway. Yeah. I mean, we should pay for that anyway. That's a basic building block of life. Humanity is the only animal on this earth that has to pay to stay alive. Yep. It's so crazy to me that we accept that. But the thing is, again, you can't solve problems. Because if you start solving problems, you give people an inch, they'll ask for a mile. And we should get the mile. We should get all the miles, right? They're our miles. We created them. Yeah, Davis, Teller. But if you if you if you start solving one problem, you give people uniform health care. Let's say Medicare for all passes, we all get health care. They'll start saying, "Wow, we're able to do that. Why can't we solve homelessness? Why can't we solve hunger? Why can't we solve I don't know the many wars overseas? Why can't we solve this and this and this?" And that's why they'll never fix anything, unless that thing threatens the very stability of, of of the world itself or the country. I guess they will never fix anything. And would they're even going to stop fixing those things pretty soon. That's so true. That's true. You're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, there's so many things that it's, it's like the whole thing about the um, environment we're talking about. There are things boiling up within our country. Several, like dozens of things that started out very small that are building up over time. And they're, they're all going to come to a head relatively similar times. And it's just going to be a complete disaster. They're not going to know what to do about it. And the crazy part is, you c- we could fix it. We have the technology and the capability to do it. But, but it would not be profitable to do so, and therefore we don't. Like, yep. we've known for a hundred goddamn years that CO2 increases the temperature of the planet. And now while for a certain amount of time we did not have the technology to build to generate power without using fossil fuels, we've had nuclear power for 70 years. We've had solar power for like 40. We've had wind power since the fucking Middle Ages. Before that, the Chinese had it 5,000 years ago. We could have solved these problems. But it was more profitable to extract that fucking black gold out of the earth and burn it instead of doing anything else. And so they didn't. Yep, because the only thing that matters is right now. Yeah. There, you don't even need, with, with capitalism especially, you don't even need to think 10 seconds into the future. If you have something that's making you money right now, you just keep doing that thing. It's like, what will make us the most money next quarter? And we don't yeah. care about anything beyond that. We don't. It, and it, it's it's the it's the cause of basically all our problems is profit seeking and rent extraction are the two things that make this world go around and are causing it to burn is we can't let go of those two concepts yeah and i don't know i mean uh, there has there the thing is people don't want to talk about it but there has got there's going to have to be a revolution and people don't have revolutions until their backs are against the wall and they have literally no other choice because people by nature are a little bit lazy when it comes to changing big things small things will change no problem but big problems require big fucking consequences for us to try it and so here we are when our backs are against the wall over the climate crisis will we be able to change things in time to to save the world 
is the yes. question. If we start twenty five years ago, <laughs> I'm an optimist. And maybe I, think not it, I, I think it can still be done. There will be huge sacrifices made. People will die. It'll be very grim. But I don't think extinction has to be on the table. I don't even think regression to pre-global society has to be on the table. We can still say these things, but it ha- we have to start working together pretty fucking soon or we won't be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah, The that pretty soon has been happening for a while. And I don't know. I don't know. I just think we, we squabble over the stupidest shit in the fucking world. Um, especially when it comes to, like, foreign relations. Like, mm-hmm. people just make up shit to be mad about at each other all the time. And I'm just like, sure, that guy took a shit in your yard, but guess what? The planet is about to take a shit on itself. So yeah. maybe let's worry about that first. And you know what? Maybe when we work together and solve that problem, we might realize we're not all that different in the first place. We might even mm-hmm. create a better world out of it. But guess what? No one can get their head out of their own ass long enough to actually do that. But maybe we, we will. Not, yeah. But we should not let that absolve the people who are responsible for these problems. They, they, we, we can't let them just say, oh, the world's in danger. Let's go solve that problem. And I'm like, yeah, we'll do that. But you've got to get out of the way first. You've got to be destroyed because you caused it. ExxonMobil, yeah. the, the fucking British uh, Petroleum, you fuckers did all this and it's time for you to go. We, we, can't, we can't just forgive those people, right? I saw something so funny, Seth. You'll, you'll love this. So, uh, enemy, enemy of the podcast, Elon Musk. Uh, there was like a music video account making fun of him a little bit. Guy had a song about how he doesn't give a shit about you or whatever. And somebody was just like, it's very laughable to say that Elon Musk doesn't care about all of us. And somebody's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's a billionaire. He doesn't give a shit about anybody. The person, this, their response was, do you really think the guy who's trying to make human life interplanetary doesn't care to safeguard us against extinction? Hey, folks, it's Smith. Uh, not sure what happened here, but for some reason, when we ran the tape back, uh, Seth's audio just ends about 51 minutes into the podcast, and we're not really sure what happened to get it gobbled up, but, uh, that's weird, and those are the breaks. So, I'm here to just say that this is my little tag to explain that to you all, and give our sort of, like, end information. Uh, I, you can find me on Twitter, at MCSurf. Uh, Seth is on Twitter and Twitch and Letterboxd and all kinds of stuff at Part Time Pretzel. Uh, our art is done by Marcus Barkley, who is uh, on Instagram, Mr. Beaches. He's also a host on the podcast most of the time. Our theme song is done by Ben Powell, who has a, theme, a podcast of his own called Smackdown for Southern Smackdown. They both talk about wrestling. They're from the South. So if that's on the internet, check them out. And you know the rest of the stuff. So thanks for listening and bye.